All you have to do is look across Munfield to our basketball arena and you, you see how championships are made. Players play, tough players win. It's downtown, breaking with the basket up, and it's in! Defense by Michigan State is unreal right now. Dawson, out to Harris for a three ball, he got it! Check good, it's good! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is the Impact E-Zone, with your host, Andrew Hayes. Hello, and welcome to the Impact E-Zone. My name is Andrew Hayes. Welcome back, friends. Oh, it's been a long time. Um, if I was on top of my game, which clearly I am not, um, there should have been a draft preview podcast last week. I uh, fell asleep at the wheel, lost track of time, forgot when the NBA draft is, and so therefore there was not a draft preview. So therefore, we get only my draft reaction. Uh, I was hoping to have some people on tonight. All my people are out. Uh, Blake is already celebrating the weekend up north, um, and uh, everybody else is just uh, getting ready for the weekend. So it's all me today. Sorry for you. Uh, but hopefully we can get down to some good stuff. Uh, I actually really enjoy the NBA draft. I like the NBA draft a lot more uh, than the NFL draft because, first of all, it's two rounds. Get it done in one day. There's none of this multiple days, all that garbage. Um, pretty much everybody knows that they're going to go or if they're going to be drafted on the first day or if they get drafted, period. Um, they know beforehand. So... Makes it a lot more fun, a little less awkward when those guys are sitting around the green room not doing anything. Um, plus, it goes by a whole lot faster. That second round, that speed round is sweet. Uh, for those of you who do not watch the NBA, and or yeah, for those of you who do not follow the NBA and only follow uh, the Impact Is Zone, um, Andrew Wiggins, shooting guard from the University of Kansas. Um, or Kansas University. I don't remember which way that one goes. Um, got selected first overall. Um, I called that. Not saying, just saying. Uh, called that. I don't think they're, I, I don't know, I uh, feel bad for Jabari Parker having to go to the Bucks, but um, the Cavs are a scary, scary team now, and I'm interested very much to see uh, what they're going to do. It looks like, I mean, that was really, that was their push to see if they could get LeBron back to Cleveland, which, um, if we can talk about that for just a second. Pause on the NBA draft. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Uh, LeBron is staying in Miami, uh, just so everyone knows. He's going to get paid the max amount. He's going to get a max contract. And they, ah, jeez, I don't know if they're going to be able to win any more championships there. I think the addition of Shabazz Napier is borderline cheating, and I don't like that at all. Um, I was a huge, huge Shabazz Napier fan uh, prior to his getting picked up by the Heat. I'm still going to love watching him play basketball. It's just going to really upset me um, when he's doing work against my Chicago Bulls. Uh, Let's see. Taking second was Jabari Parker. He and Wiggins were you know, almost guaranteed 1-2. Once Embiid uh, had a big problem with injuries. 
Um, however, Joel Embiid still ended up being taken third by the 76ers. I don't understand that pick at all. I don't get it. Um, I understand that Joel Embiid is a seven foot, 250 pound monster. The guy is is a gifted, gifted basketball player. Um, but I just mentioned this in the column that is either posted uh, near or with this podcast. Um, I am very, very leery, and I've said this before on this show, very, very leery of injury-prone big men. Um, And it says right here, I'm looking at the 2014 NBA draft board right here on NBA.com, and it says, and I quote, the injured big man may miss all of next season. The 76ers just had an abysmal season on purpose. Don't get me wrong. They wanted that first pick. They didn't get that first pick. But if I'm that team, I would rather have a Marcus Smart or, and I know that that's another point guard and that's not necessarily what they need, but then give me a Julius Randle. That's a power forward that can get you some buckets. Noah Vonley. I think Noah Vonley was a fantastic pick in this draft. I really like what that kid can do. And after one year of being um, utilized incorrectly at Indiana, I think he's a great athlete that can make a serious contribution to a team. Um, But Joel Embiid is – I I could not believe that he went top three. Um, I thought he would go top five. Uh, not once again. I still would have had a problem with that, um, but I would rather have an Aaron Gordon, even um, another big guy, maybe not as versatile around um, outside of the paint, but at least he's going to play games. And maybe the Seventy Sixers aren't worried worried about getting him beat in there right away. Um, but if I'm that fan base, I want to know. Why we just struggled through a season like we did to pick up a guy who might not even play again next season. I think that's a very, very questionable decision. And honestly, I don't get it. Um, Let's see. Obviously, just mentioned Noah Vonley. Um, He was the second Big Ten guy to go in the draft. The first Big Ten guy to go in the draft was Nick Stauskas. He went to the Sacramento Kings. This was one that I think might have bothered some people. Um, I wrote this in the article, but my first reaction was puke. Um, That's actually what I said when I saw that pick. Um, But that's because I'm, I'll admit it, I'm biased. I like Sparty. I want Gary going first. Um, And that was one of the most surprising things from this draft was where Gary Harris and Adrian Payne ended up. a lot of people that I had talked to, um, a lot of things that I had read suggested that maybe the Bulls were going to go Harris Payne at 16 and 19. It ended up being, uh, a, but then the other way that I saw it on a couple different mock drafts, um, one was on CBS. Uh, they had Gary Harris going 11 to the Denver Nuggets. Now, what I don't understand uh, about this trade, actually, I take that back. Yes, I do. Um, the Nuggets ended up trading their 11th pick, who was Dougie Mc, uh, Doug McDermott, a.k.a. Dougie McBuckets. Uh, they traded him to the Bulls for Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurich. Uh, Nurich is from Croatia. 
when I saw him drafted 16th, I yelled, who the heck is that at the television? Um, had no idea who that guy was. But apparently, in situations like that, when the Bulls are going to draft a guy like that and then Gary Harris, you have to assume that the Bulls knew they were going to get Harris at 19. Um, that's probably who Denver wanted. Um, they threw your, uh, Nurich, Nurich, Nurikic. Hmm. Not sure how to spell that or pronounce that name. But uh, Yusuf Nurikic. Nurikic. That's what I'm going with. N-U-R-K-I-C. Nurkic. That would make sense. Now that we've completely derailed the show to f- so that I can work on my phonics, um, we'll get back to this trade. Doug McDermott for Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic. Um, I, I think... I don't know. This one kills me. Being a Bulls fan and watching that team for the past several seasons... And understanding what Tom Thibodeau loves um, and the fact that the Bulls could really use a good shooting two-guard, I would have loved to seen the Bulls take Gary Harris because I think he fits really well into the Bulls' system. Um, He's a great defender. He can shoot. Um, He's he's really good at running through screens. That's one thing that uh, Gary Harris, I think, that a lot of people wouldn't notice watching Gary Harris. And I know that sounds like a silly um, silly thing to point out, but that is, I mean, that's a tough thing to do. you got to figure out how to get that defender to run into that guy that that defender knows is coming. Um, but that's, uh, that was the, everybody thought Gary was going to go first. I had Gary going first. I thought AP would go outside the top 15, probably somewhere in the top 20. Uh, top 25, but Adrian Payne ended up being selected 15th overall uh, by the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I was looking at that roster earlier. I think that's a really good opportunity for him to uh, um, to thrive. I mean, you've got some some good forwards. You've got Al Horford, a guy that, that can help mentor him. Um but you don't have a lot of a lot of scores outside. Jeff Teague is obviously a great um, up and coming guard. Uh, I don't know about up and coming even. What year is he in the league? Um, he's been in here for a while. Uh, but you got Jeff Teague. You've got uh, Paul Millsap. You've got some guys on that team that are pretty good ball players. But you get the feeling that that AP could have an opportunity to come in and help that team out. Um, Atlanta coming off an under 500, but still a, a playoff or playoff worthy season. They made the playoffs the past seven seasons. Uh, finished no higher than second in their division. They finished third in the Eastern Conference in 2009-2010 um, and made it to the conference semis. Um, that's a team that's been doing good work. I mean, you get seven straight seasons making it to the postseason. You want to add a guy like AP that can help you uh, that can help you take that next step. And let's be honest, Adrian Payne is a is a matchup difficulty. He's six nine. Obviously, you're going to have some better athletes in the NBA than you had uh, at the college level. But he does. I mean, he tr- he creates havoc. Um, 
it's tough to guard a six nine guy shooting from the outside. Um, it's tough to f- if he. I think Adrian Payne needs to put on a lot more weight um, if he really wants to. If he put on probably twenty pounds worth of muscle, and I know that's not an easy thing to do. Um, he could be, he could be a heck of a ball player um, in the NBA. Uh, because that would allow him to bang bodies with some of the bigger guys down low and then move to the outside and still have that jump shot um, to where he can uh, he can create some havoc matchup-wise. Um, so that was and another cool moment about the AP thing. Uh, if you didn't see it, he, uh, he had something to commemorate Lacey on the inside of his uh, suit jacket when he walked up to the podium. That was a pretty sweet moment. Um, so, I think, oh yeah, uh, I want to talk about Gary Harris some more because it really does intrigue me. The Bulls trade was fascinating to me. Obviously, this is one that I followed quite closely because uh, it's two of my teams coming together. Uh, I was fired up when the uh, when the Bulls grabbed Gary. I was pretty upset when they said uh, they were going to trade him, but... Uh, one thing, ah, God, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fascinated to see what Gary can do in Denver. Uh, that's another team. They don't really have a true, um, true scoring guard. Um, they've got, where did they go? They've got Aaron Aflalo, who is obviously he's tops in the league. He's one of the best um, shooting guards. Not best, but he's he's. I mean, he's an excellent athlete. Um, but other than that, you don't really have any names that are popping out at you from the guard position. After a flalo, you've got uh, Aaron Brooks, who's a decent guard. Um, Randy Foy, Ty Lawson, who's pretty much just strictly a point guard, and then you've got little Nate Robinson, who is my dude. I love me some Nate Robinson, um, but he's. Unless he's got the uh, Tom Thibodeau magic working behind him, he's not a guy that's going to pour in points for you um, like Gary can do. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see what kind of impact he can have on that roster um, and where the Nuggets will end up uh, at the end of this year. And that's really what I look forward to most is uh, not necessarily following those teams real close, just because I've I you know. The guys who play for him went to my school, um, but my favorite thing is when I'm just sitting around watching Sports Center, and it'll pop up, you know, at the on the bottom line that Harris did well enough, or um, especially this past couple of years, um, Day Day Draymond Green did well enough to earn a spot on the bottom line crawl or anything like that. That's the kind of stuff that you love to see. Um, where you you don't have to go out and check up on your on your favorite MSU athletes. They make the news all on their own. Um, so that's really what I'm looking most forward to from uh, uh, Adrian Payne and Gary Harris. The other exciting exciting thing, uh, and this seems very silly um, for a guy to go undrafted, and for this to be the thing that I'm most fired up about. But I I am fascinated to see what Keith Appling can do. Um, all the reports that I've heard, um, I think the first one that I saw to report this uh, was Graham Couch, um, 
he was the first one that I saw. I don't know if he was the very first to report it. Um, but uh, Keith Appling is working out with the Portland Trailblazers this summer, uh, trying to earn a roster spot there. By all accounts, that is a team that he should be able to make. Um, Guard-wise, here, I'll name off all of the guards for you. Will Barton, Alan Crabb, Wesley Matthews, Damian Lillard, Mo Williams, Earl Watson, and C.J. McCollum. Now, uh, Earl Watson, I recognize that name. I have no idea why. Uh, Mo Williams has been in the league forever. Uh, pretty well-known, well-established point guard. But he, he's going into, or he's had, he's been in the league for eleven years. Um, so he's on his way out. Um, Will Barton just finished up his second year. He went to Memphis, um, but he's a he's a point uh, shooting guard. Um, and then Alan Crabb, he's another shooting guard. Actually, didn't play at all. Uh, I believe, yeah, they. He just had one year uh, sat on the bench. Um, and then Damian Lillard, obviously, he's a big-time scorer. Um, point guard, or no, not even. Jesus. Nah, that's Nick Batum. Um, Damian, Damian Lillard, an excellent point guard um, for Keith Appling to back up. But you look at this and you wonder, really the only guy that I could really see um, stepping up and uh, and giving Keith a run for his money is C.J. McCollum. Um He's in. He just got done with his first year. Uh, played at Lehigh. I recognized his face somehow. I don't know why. Apparently, I followed Lehigh really closely when they were doing well in the tournament. Um, but uh, you you like to see where he's going to end up because I really I really hope the best for Keith Appling because before he got injured last year. I had him as like one of the top point guards in the draft. Now, granted, that was before guys like uh, Tyler Ennis, Shabazz Napier, those guys really took off and made a name for themselves. And so I was once again falling into the uh, into the trap of being a bit of a homer. But the way that Keith Appling was playing basketball when he was really rolling, that's some that's some fantastic talent. That's some fantastic athleticism, and you hope that he can roll that over. And find it again, and stop worrying about that wrist now that he's had a full off season to to nurse it back to health and make sure that that's a hundred percent, so that therefore his mind can be one hundred percent. So I I would before the whole draft happened, my prediction was Keith Appling will make a nice career making a million or so dollars a year playing somewhere in Turkey or Spain or somewhere overseas. But I think in this situation with the Trailblazers, I think he's at a great spot. I think he has the ability and the opportunity to uh, play his way right onto this roster and maybe not be a starter next year or even first off the bench, um, but to see some minutes and to play his way uh, into – what is a? Is, I mean, this is a pretty good team that we got here. This is the team that knocked out the Rockets um, last year, lost to the Spurs, got smacked by the Spurs, um, but uh, they ended up second in their division, um, and 
you know, not this is a team that's that's working their way back. They they were fifty four and twenty eight last year. That's that's a nice season. So um, I'm excited to see what happens with Keith. That's the one if you're uh, if you're if you're not sure what's what's going to happen. I I think we can kind of predict. I think Gary Harris should have a very nice NBA career. Um, barring injury and uh, his stamina, I think Adrian Payne should be able to help out the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, they think so too, or they wouldn't have wasted a number one pick on him. Um, but uh, moving away from the Michigan State side, just looking at this draft as a whole, this draft was so stacked, it was outrageous. Uh, the top, let's see. Yeah, the, I mean, the amount of talent that was in here, the top seven, okay, the, yeah, the top, the top 10 probably could have gone with the exception of Efreed Payton, uh, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what the deal with that guy is. Uh, he's a point guard from Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, the report that I'm reading right here is good height and ball skills. Jumper needs work. So sounds like uh, your run-of-the-mill point guard coming out of college. Um, but clearly pretty good at ball handling. And uh, just got to get himself a jump shot. Um, but other than that, oh, and he's six four at the point guard position, so not too bad. Um, but you look at this top ten, top yeah, top ten: Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, Nick Stauskas, Noah Vonleh, Afreed Payton. Now you take Payton out of the mix. Exum is kind of a wild card coming out of Australia, but um, he's a six six shooting guard. So you like that out of him. Um, whenever I see things like a dynamic guard with superstar potential, you always have to scratch your head a little bit on that one because that could end up being one big old miss uh, for the Jazz. But based on what you see on paper, um, that's a good pick right there. But I think the sneaky best pick of the first round was the Lakers with Julius Randle. Or if we want to go a little bit further down um, and talk about Shabazz Napier to the Heat um, via New Orleans, or via Charlotte, I beg your pardon. Um, that's a huge, huge pick for uh, for the Heat, getting Shabazz in there and seeing what, that kind of point guard could do in a system like that and have it be so that it's not so much on LeBron to distribute the ball so that it's on, you know, you have a true point guard because if you watched, I I think I may, no, I didn't mention this the last time. Uh, Mario Chalmers, Chalmers had a rough finals uh, and rough is putting it nicely. Um, so having a, a serious, a true point guard, I think, is is what you can call Shabazz Napier, but a, sh- a true point guard with that clutch gene in him. Um, that's the kind of guy that I hate for the Heat to have, but uh, that's a huge pickup for the Heat. 
Um, but outside of that, I think Julius Randle going to the Lakers is that's going to be a heck of a thing to watch because no matter what, you know, the Lakers had a bad year last year. There's no doubt about that. Missed the playoffs for the first time in, I mean, I don't remember uh, for as long as, uh, yeah. They've probably missed it sometime before last year in more recent history, but uh, I can't remember it because it just seems like the Lakers have to be in the uh, in the playoffs every single year. But that's a big pickup, Julius Randle. Uh, I think he's going to help that team out a lot. Noah Vonley, I know I already touched on him a little bit, but I'm excited to see where what he can do uh, if a coach figures out how to utilize him properly. And have I picked on Tom Crean enough for this episode, or do I need to keep going? That's enough on the Tom Crean picking on? Okay. Um... Who else? Tyler Ennis going before Gary Harris is a bit of a head-scratcher. Ennis doesn't play nearly as good as defense as Harris. But once again, you're comparing point guard to shooting guard. That was one uh, I was fortunate enough to be working orientation and uh, watching the draft with uh, some of the basketball players that are coming in next year. They They were yelling at the TV when the Tyler Ennis pick came in. They were really upset with that one. Uh, same goes for James Young. That was one that they were really, really uh, scratching their heads about. But, I mean, especially when you consider, uh, you know, Tyler Ennis, like I said, he's more of a point guard. He's got that Shabazz Napier clutch gene type thing. But uh, sometimes you'd just rather have a guy that can handle the ball. Gary Harris does not handle the ball quite as well as uh, as some um and I think James Young is a better scorer overall than Harris. You do take the defense into account, but the bottom line is in the NBA, that's a scorer's league, and you got to know how to score. Um, so if a team, they might like your defense and might like what you're able to do, um, but I will, uh, for the most part, the scorers are going to get the picks. And I think that's why, um, that's why the Bulls traded we're willing to trade Gary Harris, who by all accounts is, is a very, very good shooting guard. Um, they were willing to trade him for Dougie McBuckets. Um, and can I just say that if anyone who listens to this show uh, would like to um, purchase me a Chicago Bulls um, McDermott jersey, uh, I'm about a large. We'll stick with large for now. I've been slimming down a little bit. Uh, you can drop that off in Holden Hall at uh, the radio station. It's in the basement. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, that's a large Doug McDermott Chicago Bulls, uh, preferably game-ready jersey. Um, thank you for that uh, to whoever drops that off. Uh I am absolutely dumbfounded. Cannot wrap my head around it. And no, this is not because I think. No, this is not because that I. This is not because I'm a Michigan State fan. I cannot, f- in a million years, understand why OKC took Mitch McGarry. Um, however, I will probably be. Pro- I will probably be shown pretty quickly why they took Mitch McGarry. 
I don't even know. I, honestly, I don't understand how they have a scouting report on Mitch McGarry. The, the blurb that they have here on NBA.com is a versatile forward with good scoring ability. Is that based? Uh, that can't be real life. Like he probably they, that's what they should have put there. Probably a versatile f- forward with good scoring ability. Because I want to harp on this for until I'm proven wrong. There's no sample size on Mitch McGarry. There's like a season. And even in that season, I don't remember him being dominant for every single game that he played in. I feel like there was a feeling out period, and I understand that there is a jump, but I I, I don't know. That's just such a uh, such a reach for me. I think he was a second rounder. Um, I think. <laughs> Here's one for you. I would have rather seen OKC take Shabazz Napier. Let that one sink in for a second. Shabazz Napier running the point instead of Russell Westbrook or alongside Russell Westbrook. Now, here's the reason I say that. Russell Westbrook likes to shoot the basketball. In my world, uh, with the exception of Derrick Rose, because Derrick Rose can do whatever the heck he wants because he's Derrick Rose, gosh darn it. Point guards are the facilitators. I love watching guys like Chris Paul, um, Tony Parker, um, Ty Lawson does it. Same with um, 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 who's my guy? Steph Curry. Those guys will. Those guys all know their spots to shoot. They know when they need to take a shot. Um, but I love watching guys like that dribble right underneath the basket. And not they're not going to try to go to the hole because they know that there's some seven foot monster that's going to swat that ball into the 18th row. Um, but they just go in and they try to facilitate. They want defenders drawn to them um, so that they can get those assists, get those stats, as we say. Um, and I think Shabazz Napier could be huge for that on OKC. Uh, but. They went with the big man, Mitch McGarry, instead. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. The biggest thing, I don't know if I gave this rant during the season, but watching Mitch McGarry and Andrew Dockich jump up and down on the bench during Michigan games last year was absolutely brutal for me. Um, Just, oh, God, so obnoxious. Ugh. Yeah, so that really that's I think that's why I'm most bummed is that I feel like I'm still going to have to watch Mitch McGarry celebrating someone else's accomplishments from the bench. Wow, that came out a lot meaner than I planned it to. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, that's that's my Mitch McGarry take. I still don't get it. I still don't think there's enough to make him a first rounder, um, but I'll probably be proven wrong, and that's the beauty of this sport or sports in general, um, is that, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy things can happen. Um, Another guy that I want to point out is uh, P.J. Hairston. This guy got got drafted from the D-League. Got to feel good for him about that. 
Um, he was formerly on the Texas Legends. Uh, got picked up by the Heat. He was traded to Charlotte for Shabazz. Um, that's an interesting story right there. Um, and then here's... <laughs> if, there, if there could ever be a more proof of, uh, of assumptions and stereotypes don't come from nowhere... Kyle Anderson, power forward from UCLA, drafted number 30th, last guy in the first round by UCLA, or uh, by not not UCLA, by the Spurs. You don't even need to know anything about this guy or what team he was drafted by to be able to guess that this was drafted by the Spurs. His uh, blurb is, savvy player who's effective without much athleticism. First of all, if you guessed, eh, never mind. Um, what what a Spurs pick! I mean, not to not to get cliche here, but total Spurs move right there. Savvy player, smart, without much athleticism, knows just how to get to the basket. Who else could probably be described that way? Also, power forward, big man. Oh, yeah, Tim Duncan. Now, I'm not saying Kyle Anderson's going to be Tim Duncan, but you just love to see the Spurs keep doing what they're doing. Just keep their heads down. They don't try to go for any superstars. Um, They just try to build a rock-solid team year in, year out. Whether that be through the draft, mostly through the draft, um, whether that be through just good, solid uh, moves like the acquisition of Kawhi Leonard. If you guys haven't picked up yet, uh, what what the San Antonio Spurs are doing in the NBA is like my favorite thing to ever happen in all of sports. Um, So please forgive me if it seems like I'm just all over the Spurs because right now I love them, uh, not just because... Uh, they beat the Heat, but because of the way that they did it. And watching the Spurs absolutely dismantle what was supposed to be a dynasty of a team um, was awesome. Uh, I haven't talked about this yet. Um, I would like to talk about it real quick as we uh, start to wrap up here. Um, the Spurs proved and the Heat proved um, that you can't win with just one person. Uh, LeBron James is the best basketball player on the planet right now. Um, but there is no doubt in my mind that he was upset with his team when that uh, series ended. Because unlike the year before where Ray Allen got hot um, or somebody else stepped up and took over that team, LeBron had to do it all by himself. He had to do, he had to defend, he had to score, uh, he had to deal with Kawhi Leonard in his grill every single day. So he was not, I mean, I, I'm a little bit surprised, not, well, I already called that he's going back to the Heat um, because that's what all the reports are saying. Um, but, uh, 
that was a fascinating series, and it was really it was really impressive um, to see what the Spurs were able to do. Not just to to beat the Heat, but to blow them out three straight games in a row. That is that is truly truly impressive what they did. Um, before we wrap up, I want to sh- I want to throw a shout out to one guy um, who will be. Hey, look at that! Oh no, I take that back. Almost um, in the with the fifty sixth pick, um, so one of the later picks of the second round, uh, the Denver Nuggets took Roy Devin Marble. Now there's a guy that I'm fascinated to see what he does. The way that he could just go off last year and hit any any shot that he wanted on the court, that was so much fun to watch. Um, and he's, I mean, he's a big dude. I think he's, what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, yeah, he's 6'7". Probably want to get a little bit bigger than 192. Um, but talk about, I, I love seeing guys who, who stick around f- all four years. He might have been a, f- he was a fifth-year senior, senior, actually, now that I think about it. Um, guys who stick around, finish out their college careers, and then still get rewarded by t- uh, being taken uh, or be by being drafted, um, that's an awesome thing to see. And especially the way that, that Marble just balled out and really carried that Iowa team through a lot of games this year. Um, you like to see guys like that getting rewarded with an NBA draft spot. Um, and, uh, and hopefully... I always wish the Big Ten guys success because the Big Ten gets dogged on so much for not really producing the kind of NBA caliber talent that some of the Southern schools um, are able to produce. But the Big Ten is a rock-solid basketball conference, and even if they're not creating the same NBA talent, uh, they're still putting together some rock-solid teams, um, as we have seen here in recent years with Sparty and uh, the other rivalries that we've got going on here. Uh, so that'll do it for this week in the Izone. Uh, I talked to Blake today. Like I said, he's up north for the weekend. But uh, hopefully we'll have him in here soon so that you'll have someone else's voice to put you to sleep with or some riveting uh, debate about Spartan basketball. Uh, like I said... Uh, talk to some of the uh, incoming freshmen. Going to work with Athletic Com to try to get them in here soon. Get them talking about Michigan State basketball. See if we can't get a little insight on the recruiting process um, because that is something that uh, is shrouded in mystery and is always fun to try to shine some light on, no matter how difficult that might be. Uh, so we're going to cut it here. My name is Andrew Hayes. Hopefully see you again next week. Uh, wishing you a very happy 4th of July and, uh, go out, find some water and hopefully something cold to, wa- uh, cold to drink while you're sitting near that water. Um, follow me on Twitter at his own haze 22 Been trying to keep up with that here in the summer months. Been ha- been having a lot of fun with the world cup. Uh, too bad for the U S of a, it seems like, it seems like they kind of had to win considering this was the week of 4th of July, and then they just peed it straight down their legs. Um, But, hey, soccer's a stupid sport anyway. We got baseball to worry about. 
Cubs won tonight, I think. They're up 10-5 to against the Red Sox. So uh, happy days here in the Hayes camp. But uh, thank you guys very much for listening. We will be back, as I said, hopefully next week. Um, But happy 4th of July. And as always, go green.